on this week's edition of Polk and Kush, the Pelicans are starting to rely on their stars. Stan Van Gundy calls them out. We get into the weeds on exactly what that means and whether or not the Pelicans might actually make the playoffs. There's not much going on with the Saints, but hey, Kevin James looks exactly like Sean Payton, doesn't he? We'll get into that. Plus, we got Poke News, overrated, underrated, and of course, the worst. Stick around. We'll be right back on Poke News. Welcome everyone to Poke and Cush. It's April 14th, 2021. We are in our brand new studio. Andrew Polk, what do you have to say about it? I'm uh, I'm happy with it. For the at-home audience, you're going to hear more sirens. <laughs> it's going to be the only difference. <laughs> you're going to hear more sirens, maybe some fireworks, but... Big kitchen. Much bigger kitchen, much bigger. A real bedroom with a door. Yeah. There's a lot going on here, Polk. You are moving on up in this world. My bed is no longer on cinder blocks. <laughs> I got rid of all my comic books and Funko Pop dolls. A couple guns and cabinets, but yeah. it's outside of that. It's, it's much better. It's a huge upgrade. I'm glad to be here. We're working out the new sponsor, Bud Light Lime. They dropped us like a hot cake. I'm currently drinking a Heineken, so maybe... They could be in the fold. Yeah, sure. The Heineken Light Studio. That sounds about right. Ooh, I think Heineken Light is one of the worst beers available. I don't even know why they make that, quite honestly. Are people who drink Heineken also looking to drink light I beer? Th- I think it's if you're pregnant. I think that's the only <laughs> reason. Like Bex N.A. <laughs> I was like, it makes sense. So anybody who's drinking a Bex, the people looking at you think that you're drinking a non-alcoholic beer. I was like, yeah. just call it something else. Like, O'Doul's doesn't have an also O'Doul's, like a regular beer that's also O'Doul's. There should be like a wink-wink beer where it says no alcohol, so you can drink it if you're an alcoholic, but it actually has alcohol in it. <laughs> yes, you know, exactly. like, gentleman secret. <laughs> Budweiser, your secret is safe with us. Yeah, Budweiser N.A., like... With a, a, a apostrophe or you know an asterisk yeah, on top of it. Yeah, it's just a good you know? driving beer. <laughs> I was watching that Ric Flair documentary, and he's like, "Yeah, I would have uh, twelve beers on the way to the uh, on the way to the next town, and then I would have uh, six mixed drinks when I got there, and then I'd have shots the rest of the night." I was like, "Jesus Christ!" I was like, "We're just glossing over the twelve beers on the way there. Like he's, that was nothing." Uh, he's he's a big man. I sat next to him at the Sugar Bowl once. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> It was the, I think it was the Alabama-Miami Sugar Bowl in 93 where The Rock was playing tight and, end. And you sat next to Ric Flair? He was a, he was actually a row behind us, which was wild because we were in not great seats. That is something. That was the like, peak of his powers. Dude, you've got some stories, man. He had a woman on either side of him, too. That's the nature. Why wouldn't he? Woo! I thought I was watching the Ric Flair uh, documentary, but it turns out it was just Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> I was confused. Was it worse? 
Did you watch that entire movie? Uh, I did. I didn't have anything better to do. <laughs> was it as... It was horrific. It was... Okay. Was it like actually... It was like fun bad or was it just bad? It's not... You know, people are like, well, you watch these movies for the fight scenes and stuff, but all of it just it's like a video game now. Yeah. I mean, I you know, you look back, it's clearly like a guy in a rubber suit that can't move around. So it's I'm not like saying that it's... Worse than the old ones. I'm just saying they've always sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the idea that you made it for an you know uh, 500x the price tag and it's basically the same thing. Uh, Not great, but what are our entertainment options these days? Sports. Yeah, one movie every month that they're trying to. Next month, I think is Mortal Kombat. Oof. That is there been a Mortal Kombat game since the 90s? Yeah, there's okay. like a new one with RoboCop and stuff in it. I'm telling the truth. With RoboCop? RoboCop is in it. That's all I know about it. Well, that, what a bunch of throwbacks. Like anybody who's playing that, is it meant for people our age? I think so. I guess so. Because I, I don't think kids are looking for RoboCop. No. it's uh, Rambo <laughs> is also in it. I'm not even joking. Rambo is in Everything it. Everything you've said could be completely made up. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm not, all right. <laughs> I don't know why, but sure. Patrick Swayze in Point Break. He's in it. He's not. In it. He's not. Yeah. Again, continue on. I will, I will believe anything you say right Just now. a lot of old references, uh, which I think segues nicely into the new Pelican Squad. A yeah. lot of old references. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you haven't heard the last, you know, whatever, 20 weeks of this show, uh, guess what? On the roller coaster ride. We're clicking up. Things are looking okay for the Pelicans right now. They've won three games in a row. Uh, they seem to have found a bit of an identity. They are one game back of the 10 seed, uh, and they appear to be healthy-ish. Uh, Josh Hart is obviously... No, they don't. <laughs> well, they've got Zion back, and they've got Ingram back. That's really everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're healthy-ish, uh, more so than they were the week before. For sure. I still don't think they're uh, great, obviously. Right. But I think they are starting to figure out what they're supposed to be, which is uh, the fact that. So we'll recap the week very quickly. There have been quite a few games since the last poll can crush. They have won three consecutive games uh, after a, uh, a bad performance. They then. Beat Philadelphia, who is the best team in the East. Good team. Of course. They go go and play a great team and play well. Uh, and then they actually played like shit uh, in consecutive games and won both of them, uh, which never happens, beating uh, Cleveland on whatever that was, Sunday, and then Sacramento last night. And all of a sudden now this team is kind of right back where they were a couple weeks ago. They're not any further out of the playoffs. They're not good but they're like just hanging around and they're inconsistent enough that they can put it together for long enough stretches to make people believe do you believe in these pelicans are these playoff pelicans i believe in the current system of the playoff system <laughs> the play-in system the ex- that they're a playoff yeah. team yeah they're a play-in team they're Playing to the best of their abilities currently, I think they are trending upwards. Yeah. And the the relics of yore that have come onto the team, James Johnson, Wes Awundu, Davi Marshall, these guys are playing okay. And they, yeah. uh, they certainly seem to have a lot more chemistry 
and a lot more to contribute than uh, JJ, Nicolo, yeah. some of these other people we were hanging our hats on earlier in the season. Yeah. They seem to have an energy and a chemistry with this team, which these guys might not be getting off the bench if there were one or two more options. True. But they at least seem to give a shit. And uh, giving a shit is a big thing we've talked about this season. And uh, no greater example of giving a shit, mattering, and making a difference right now than Jackson Hayes. Yeah, all of a sudden, Jackson Hayes and... You know, I kind of thought it was going to be a flash, you know, a game or two he plays well. Like, he's now a consistent contributor off the bench. Uh, and then before Nikhil Alexander-Walker got hurt, he looked like a pretty consistent and steady performer. And all of a sudden, these draft picks that you were like, holy crap, they surrounded Zion with total uh, bag of shit. And now you're like, well, they actually might be pretty good. <laughs> like, maybe they didn't completely botch, you know, three draft picks. Uh, and, that, and that is a huge difference when you're looking at the outlook of the franchise, which is far more important than looking at where they stand this season. Uh, the future does look bright, but it's it's not because of Najee Marshall and James Johnson right. and those things. But the fact that guys like that, that's really all it takes. I called him Navi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... He is the definition of a nobody. Like, he is just a, a guy. Like, that is the way that we talked about Willie Hernan Gomez early in the season. It's like, what a huge upgrade. It's like, he's literally just a guy. Like, he doesn't stink. He's not the worst player on the floor. And that's what most of those dudes are. But I think that, more than anything, is encouraging for this team that, look, you don't have to surround these guys with great players. You have to surround them with guys who aren't total dog crap and it's like if you just go a level slightly above Nicolo Melli who was horrific when you go a little <laughs> bit better than that all of a sudden it's like you you can kind of figure out a way around this thing and a way to win games so you won three straight whether that will you know I think we've learned enough to know by now that momentum means nothing like they're not going to carry this into a seven or eight game win streak I think to expect that would be naive uh, at this point, they'll probably cycle back down at some point. Uh, but there are a couple of pieces there, like Jackson Hayes has performed well for a little while now. Nikhil played well for a little while. And, of course, uh, Zion is just an absolute sensation. Yeah, and uh, this season, the record this season doesn't matter that much. The record this season is... Uh, a bonus for the fans. Yeah. A 10th seat is a bonus for the fans. What you can really take away and feel good about this season, if anything, is that we are seeing very recently, if there are competent players around the key elements of this team, yeah. they're a better team. That is a brighter spot than where we were earlier in the season when you have a guy coming off an all-NBA defensive season, a shooting legend, and a guy that was shooting lights out last season, and you're going, well, this team stinks with those three guys. <laughs> exactly. You don't really uh, have a unit of measurement to why those guys stink. Yeah. Are they all out of their prime? Is something off? Did they just have bad chemistry with this team? Now we're seeing you put somebody with a head on a swivel and a modicum of effort, and the team is lights, like lights out different. Yeah, they're a lot better. Now, uh, they didn't play great. I don't no. know how much you watched of the Cleveland game. They played great against Philadelphia. 
I don't know how much you watched the Cleveland game and the Sacramento game. I watched game. the Cleveland and Sacramento game. <laughs> I didn't see a second of the Philadelphia game. <laughs> Only saw the highlight reels. They were, like, atrociously bad for a half against both Cleveland and Sacramento and still won. We've seen them play atrociously bad for a half against a lot of other bad teams, and it'd be more than enough to not just lose, but lose by a lot. So that on its own feels like progress. Uh, the other part that felt like huge progress to me and probably uh, the biggest change and shift in philosophy in this franchise that was needed but uh, was just important to see it come was Stan Van Gundy straight up called out Zion and Ingram for not showing up defensively for a lot of these games when they play bad teams. And that's a ballsy move by a coach, for, especially for a bad team, to call out your two best players after a win. Yeah, it's very ballsy. I believe that was specifically the game where Zion had scored 39 points. And yeah. they call out a 20-year-old scoring 39, 10, and 8. Yeah. That does after take... a win. Yeah. That <laughs> takes balls, but I... You know, those are balls I would like to see <laughs> after every game. St Up close, in my face. Stan Van Gundy's. Oh, nobody big edits this audio balls. out of context. Uh, it was, you know, it was a little refreshing to hear it just because usually. Stan is up there with steam shooting out of his ears saying, I don't know what happened. Yeah. And it's like, aren't you yeah. the coach? He's like, I think so. <laughs> I can't make them do anything. Like, you come do it, Scott. <laughs> it's like, they don't listen, guys. <laughs> this isn't bitty ball. I can't tell them what to do, and they just do it. Uh, I, I thought it was a uh, – and we have criticized Stan Van Gundy plenty, and, and obviously everybody has. Uh, I thought it was a very bold move by him to do that, to not only tell – he had a, a private conversation with Ingram and Zion after the game where he basically said, this isn't good enough. This crap that you all are doing, like where you show up against Philadelphia and then you half-ass it against Cleveland is not acceptable. That's not stuff you can do if you want to be a real winner in this league. Like that's a real like dad lesson. Like, you know, shrug your shoulders and say, all right, Gipper, like cut, to, you know, touch him on the chin. <laughs> like that is uh that is a, a, a real moment of like, I hope you trust me because I'm going to push you a little bit further than the average coach would push you here. And to them to hit for him to go out and say it and then not only say it to them privately, come in and speak his honest feelings about it in the postgame press conference so that everybody knows like, yeah, he thinks they didn't play well. He thinks they didn't show up. He doesn't think they're playing like winners. Uh, that's a that's a really that as a. a, a with the wrong guys, that could backfire really hard. Do you think that was his first time dipping his toes into that water of pulling him aside and going, hey, guys, this shit's got to stop? Or do you think that was just the first time that he's told the public about it? I think uh, two things. I think it's probably the first time he's really told the public like the full scope of it. And second, I think it's the first time he's done it after a win. Oh, that's a good point. I think when you lose by 30 to Minnesota, it's really easy to jump on their ass. Yeah. Especially, you know, even... The guys played ter everyone played terribly like Zion scored almost 40 points like Ingram scored 30 like they 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 were great yeah, offensively 25 in the first half for Zion I believe <laughs> yeah. like they were great offensively any other any person like in the schmucks like us 
just watching the game and looking at box score being like, I know they didn't play well on defense, but I don't think it was just those two guys' fault. And his point is, it's it's more than just your performance. You are now responsible. I know you're 20 and 23. You are now responsible for how good this team plays on defense. And that's a huge shift from where they were just two months ago. And the players seem to respond to it. I guess so. I mean, what are they going to say? Yeah. Is Zion going to sit in the meeting yeah, and go, Fuck like, this old man. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not going to say that. No. But, uh, you know, Brandon Ingram at least kind of was like, yeah, you know, we, we do play like He shit. admitted it. Yeah. He was like, look, we see Philadelphia. We know they're the best team. He's Isn't like, that like... You don't always have to win an argument with your wife or your girlfriend, but yeah. when they just admit to a little something, <laughs> that's as sweet. That, exactly. It's like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I wasn't making it all up. I got you to acknowledge that you're doing something wrong. You didn't apologize the, for it, but you acknowledge that it does The acknowledgement just... Sometimes it's better than just saying, like, yeah, I was wrong. It's like, you're just saying that to end it. Just saying, <laughs> exactly. like... You know what? You're right. I'm not crazy about it. It was beautiful. It was sweet. Yeah. Zion, for his part, came out. And he's like, look, we need that. Like, we need someone to tell us that. Like, we need, like, he thinks we're capable of more. I appreciate yeah. that he thinks we're capable of more. Again, I don't know what else he could really say in that circumstance. But Ingram didn't really say that. Ingram was more like, he's right. Yeah. He didn't say, like, I'm <laughs> Yeah, sorry. we sucked. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't like, I just dogged it because we're, you know, he... uh he did acknowledge the problem, though, but it is they entered this season and they kind of put training wheels on the leadership aspect. We all knew the team was going to go as far as Ingram and Zion was going to take them. Like we all knew he was going to those are two the best players. The team had to run through them, etc. Uh, but they went and got Eric Bledsoe and they went and got Steven Adams. and They did some stuff to sort of layer some protection around them so they right. wouldn't have to handle all of the leadership stuff and all of that kind of responsibility at young ages. And I think that shit's gone. Like, I think Stan has basically cut the net there and been like, no one gives a, a, a crap what Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams have to say. Yes. Yeah, Steven Adams is not a leader for this team. Neither is Eric Bledsoe. No, of course. Not. I think they like him, but he's not, and they're not good enough. Like you need your two best players to show up every night on both ends of the floor. They dictate how things go. And and that is obvious. And I, I like well, you can be a veteran and not be a leader, uh, even regardless of your previous accolades. Definitely, JJ Reddit was thrown into that role because mm -hmm. you know he's got a handsome face and people know who the fuck he is. Yeah, and yeah. He didn't want to be a leader for this team. No, you if think he wanted to say stuff every now and again? Be like, yeah, yeah go over your locker. And be like, hey, I think you should do this. And I'm sure that's just experience talking. But yeah. you put him down in a room and you're like, do you want to be the leader of this team? Yeah. Of these goons, <laughs> of these kids who have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. You're, you're in the gym listening to Foghat. You think fucking Brandon Ingram? No. <laughs> You've got the, the Pearl Jam, uh, <laughs> the Virtuoso album playing. No, I mean, the, the lead, it, it might. It's a risky move, I suppose, to have a 23-year-old and a 20 being not just the face of the franchise, but also the voice in the locker room and the leaders on the floor. Yeah. But it's the truth, and it's what this team is going to have to adapt to. Yeah, and he had to tell them that. Yeah. That it's like you can't – when you decide not to play that hard defensively against Cleveland, uh, that translates to everybody else in the team. 
they don't they follow your lead. They're not following Eric Bledsoe's lead. They're not following Steven Adams' lead. Right. They are following your lead. And I think the Griff's hope before the season was that they the and, and certainly last year with Drew, he was hoping that those guys would kind of be able to take more experienced players who, you know, have more of a consistent track record, would be able to kind of take that responsibility and allow them a longer growth curve to get to that place. And I think what Stan Van Gundy has seen is like, man, no one gives a shit what anybody else is doing but you two. And when you two don't play hard on defense, nobody else is going to play hard on defense because they just think we're going to try to outscore whoever we play. And it's true. He's 100% right. Like, that is what happens. And when they lollygag, everybody else lollygags, and it, it, it is uh, contagious. And the only way you're going to not be a team that does these ridiculous cycles over and over and over again is when your two best players that you show up every single night. I completely agree. I think there's another aspect of this that is getting overshadowed a little bit, and maybe just since uh, two nights ago in Denver, uh, these players have had no break. Yeah. These players have had a crazy, hectic offseason in the weirdest year of our lifetimes. That's true. They're playing a full season. Mm -hmm. They played full playoffs with play-in last season. Yeah. They did an all-star break where a lot of fucking people were involved still. These players are exhausted. Yeah. And he leans on them heavily too. Yeah, they don't. They play a lot of minutes. They it play does, a lot more minutes than Alvin was playing. How long has Zion been in shape? Forty-five games. <laughs> I completely agree. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot here other than just motivational factors. These sure. guys are exhausted, and yeah. I, I do not fault them for that. And yeah. Adam Silver is getting a lot of shit right now for how many players are getting injured and how. You know, for all of the T-shirts and the slogans on the back and the commercials with people holding hands. Mm -hmm. Do you actually give a shit about these people? Because, you know, the uh, the roosters coming to roost. <laughs> What's the saying? Chickens. Yeah. It would make more the sense roosted. if it was the rooster. <laughs> the roosters roost, too. I guess the roost. Look. <laughs> I, the, I wasn't in 4-H. The tide know. is turning. I pledge my heart to clearer <laughs> thinking, my hands to greater loyalty. <laughs> I was in 4-H. The point is, these guys are tired. They are tired. And, and, and Van Gundy admitted that last night, too. He's like, I played these guys way too hard. He's like, I don't even fault him. He's like, we won. It's whatever. <laughs> he was mad after Cleveland. He was not mad after a second half of back-to-back. -back. No. Um, but, yeah, man, the players agreed to this shit, though. Like, this was part of the deal. Like, they were like, you get to play 72 games. We're starting on Christmas, but you get to keep, you know, whatever it is. I think, they I guess agree? Whole, well, did they have a choice? Or go, yeah, oh, no, thank I mean, it's you. collectively bargain, you know? <laughs> you could be like, yeah, we're going to play 52 games, but we only can take But then that. LeBron's goons will knock on their door and be like, <laughs> you're going to play, motherfucker. Yeah. Well, you get to take a lot of less money. That's the problem. Yeah. And they didn't want to take less money, so this is what, you know. Now did every player vote for that? You ever signed know, a contract yeah. when you were 20 years old? <laughs> Did you look it over? Have you ever gotten a deposit back? I'm sure Brandon Ingram was in intense negotiations <laughs> with the Players Association. I'm sure he was emailing no, them up at 3 yeah, o'clock in the morning. They're going in over Magic the City, you know. Yeah, like they're just like, what are we playing? Uh, how much money do I get? All right. Whatever. All right, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think it is like, I think this is a moment that we will look back on, though, and be like, that was important that Van Gundy did that. Or we'll look back on it and say, like, that was the end. 
like that was when those two guys decided f this guy <laughs> and we're not dealing with this anymore. But I don't think that's what's happening right now. I, I think I, I expect them to kind of take that message to heart, and uh, and, it, and it is very clear next season as you go to start this thing how you build this team around those two guys includes their leadership. You don't have to go get another Steven Adams or another Aaron Bledsoe or somebody like that. And that'll be uh, that'll be better for the for the team moving forward. Yeah. That will give them more leeway with who they're putting around these players and there won't be these wild fantasy expectations yes. for children. People yeah. are going to know their roles and they're going to move forward and hopefully keep getting better. Yeah, cuz you know, they paid JJ Redick 26 million dollars in large part because he was going to be a leader. It's a large part of why they've gotten a lot. And they, they don't need to worry about that shit anymore. Just erase that from the criteria. Get guys who want to play and will play hard, but don't worry about finding another leader in the locker room. You've got leaders. And if, they're, if they want to show up every night and do it, great. If they don't, then you're in trouble. You've got the leaders. Make them good leaders. Ba-boom. All right. That takes us into our first break. We will be right back. We've got Saints, we got Polk News, we got segments. Stick around, Polk and Kush. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. It has been a rainy, dreary couple of days so far in New Orleans, but I'm over it, baby. It's spring. The sun is shining metaphorically in my heart, and it's going to be shining literally outside. And you know where I want to go when it's beautiful and sunny, and it's in the two weeks of spring that we have? Where's that? I want to go to Ale. Yes, I want to go to Ale over on Oak Street. They've got 30 beers on tap. I've tried all of them. <laughs> A-pluses across the board. They're all perfect. They, uh, they have a huge open patio. Uh, they've got spaced out, socially distant seating, but the tables, you can, you can bring a group, a small group in there of friends and have a good time. They have a million TVs. Yeah. They were showing the Masters this weekend. They show basketball, and it's, they show local sports. Yeah. You ever been to a bar in New Orleans, and you're like, hey, can you put on the Pelicans game? And they just go, no. <laughs> Who? <laughs> yeah. No, the Ale is one of the very few bars in this city. Uh, they have a couple things that are super unique about them. Number one, they have the best patio uptown, without a doubt. They have a full menu uh, that is totally legit. And then they actually know when the Pelicans are playing and when, like, Tulane football or big Tulane sports are on or big LSU games, they know when all of these things are on. You don't have to go back there and have the 90-minute conversation where you're, like, looking up what channel it is on DirecTV. Yep. So the guys, no. You're good. You're going to walk into Ale when the Pelicans game is on. They're going to have it on for you. The staff and the owners, they're sports fans. They're local sports fans. They're local podcast fans, so they know what's going on. You're going to fit in. They have uh, also great food. Yeah, good food. Full menu. Attractive human beings are around you. Goodness gracious. There's also got a little New Orleans treat called crawfish saturdays six dollars a pound all the fixins i love a good fixin yeah what are you, are you potato guy you're potato guy? i think the potato probably over yeah. the corn but i mean you know i'm a sausage guy okay <laughs> is that a fixin it's a fixin i guess so does that not count as a fixin i was thinking more of a side that's like the trinity right of the fixins is sausage corn potatoes I i'm sure they're all there at ale on Oak. they're all there baby Six dollars a pound crawfish. Go get them. 
Hey, what more What more can you ask on a weekend? It's uptown. It's beautiful. You can walk down Oak Street, go to the coffee shop run by hippies, go to the comic <laughs> book store, buy a lightsaber, and then stop off at Ale. It's beautiful. Go check it out. Once again, that's Ale on Oak. That's about a block off of Carrollton, right there on Oak Street, convenient from just about everywhere in the city. 8124. We will see you there. Alon Oak, that is a sponsor. Yes, it is. Uh, so they we, really do have a great patio. It is. That place is awesome. I love Ale. Uh, that's, you know, we only sponsor the, th- the only things that sponsor us are things we like, you know? Yeah. We like houses from Jansen and we like beer from Oak from Ale. Yeah, Latoya Cantrell called and she was like, "Hey, can I be a sponsor?" And we're like, "Get out of here." Get out of here. No. <laughs> Uh, Subway, they wanted to be a sponsor. <laughs> eh, sorry. Disney World, go <laughs> after yourself. Uh, so the Saints have very little going on right now. This Correct. is, I would say this is the deadest time of the year when it comes for the NFL. Uh, but a couple of little news nuggets came up in the last day or two uh, that I, was, I thought were interesting because I could see them kind of changing the way they do things. The first, the Broncos and the Seahawks on Tuesday – uh, their players both opted out of voluntary workouts claiming COVID restrictions were not up to par. They didn't feel comfortable. They didn't something. And I was like, this feels like a time where all of these players are going to claw back and be like, we're not going to the, volunteer these, workouts. These guys don't like volunteer workouts no. to begin with. Right? But they used to have, they were like voluntary, mm-hmm. but definitely, if yeah, you no. wanted to make the team, they were definitely mandatory. Right. And so I think that will change in the NFL. I think there's just going to be less organized activity going forward. I'm, I was wondering if they were just going to force everybody to get vaccinated. I, I don't know the kind of protocol that they can do regarding players yeah. and health concerns. You know, I, if you can make a player take a health screening and be in a certain level of conditioning, I feel like they could probably weasel a vaccine in there as well. You would think. But, yeah, they, I, I guess they can't cross that line with the union and be like, you have to get vaccinated. So what they've done instead is essentially, if you are a coach, uh, you are not even like allowed near the players tier one or two, which is like literally any contact with the players unless you've been vaccinated. So I think Sean Payton is allowing anyone on his staff to just not get vaccinated because they don't feel like it. Oh yeah. Like, no, it's like, if you want to be on this staff and make however much money as an assistant coach, you better get vaccinated, otherwise you cannot work with the players. What a great book this is going to be in like five years. <laughs> the tyranny of NFL coaches <laughs> making people, you know, get vaccinated and yeah. wear the Michelin man suit and all that stuff. <laughs> it's like, I mean, they can, and that's the league. The league is dictating where it can dictate for now. I have a feeling they're going to come very hard after the players if the vaccines don't really roll in. Like, if they have to go into August or whatever. And all these, you know, uh, practices and full training camps, and they're still having to do all the testing and the masks and the distances and all this, and they can't do preseason games. Like, they're going to start really di- – the, the NFL is a dictatorship. Right. It is not like the NBA. It is a, uh, a full-on dictatorship. They are going to start pushing the vaccination. And it, uh, it ain't cheap to do that daily testing either. No. It takes away a lot of testing for people that needed it. You know, I'm sure the need is going down daily now. Yeah. 
But uh, one little jab, it was free for me, so I know it's going to be free for an NFL player. <laughs> That's true. And then, you know, you don't have to have the uh, the biohazard unit out front. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you would think the way they can incentivize them would be like, look, you, can no, you no longer have to wear this tracking device. You can do whatever you want. You can, you know... Go to whatever you know parties with a million strippers and do yeah. uh, all that you know. All, all they should get rid of all. I think the, the CDC rules. said that was okay <laughs> recently. It was in the thing, Joe Biden said, "If everybody's good, we can hang out with strippers <laughs> for the Fourth of July." That was yes. <laughs> that was exactly. I thought that's what I heard. Uh, if they really want people to take it, all they have to say is, "We will not drug test anybody who's been vaccinated." Oh, there you go. If they just say, "Not only do you not have to get a COVID test, we will not drug test." Anybody who gets a vaccine. That means Rams fully vaccinated, (laughs) Niners fully vaccinated, Broncos fully vaxxed. Oh, I mean, Alvin Kamara would be the first person in line. (laughs) He'd be like, what? Uh, Yeah, so there's got to be a way to incentivize that. I just, I almost find it unbelievable how much, how available vaccines are and that a lot of players have taken them and yet you're still doing like mass on the bench and you're still like have these crazy rules. You no can't jersey do swaps. Yeah. And, and they're still sitting like crazy far away from each other. And there's just a lot. They're still getting tested every single day in the NBA. And you're just like, wouldn't wouldn't these guys just not want the pain in the ass anymore? Like, yeah. isn't there a way to just incentivize the pain in the ass out? And then eventually you'll get enough guys vaccinated where it doesn't matter anymore. And, but, you know, in six months when we've grown tails... And, you know, <laughs> I've got a horn sticking out of my head and, you know, they're still. But that'll be cool, man, because everyone <laughs> will have that. As long as we all have it, I'm fine. If the whole country has a third arm coming out of their, you know, their left ribs, uh, I think we're in good shape. Well, hopefully they can figure something out and it's not too creepy and not too dystopian. But I am prepared to show my Vax passport going into these games. Oh, of course. Of course. I found it, by the way. There's like a bite out of it. It looks like a dog took a bit out of it. Like, what was I doing? What were you doing? No, I don't know. There's like a cartoon bite, like taken ah. out of the COVID thing. I don't know. Uh, and I started then, foaming at the mouth after that Moderna. I was, say, I was like, "You're not helping the cause when uh, if you're getting the, <laughs> you look like you have rabies when you finish taking the shot." Uh, the uh, the only other bits of news that came out this week: Alvin Kamara said he has not spent uh, a single dollar of his football playing money to this point. He has never spent one dollar of his Saints contracts. All the money he lives on is just off of. Outside, you know, endorsements and things like that. That's fantastic. That's amazing, right? It I, makes you think he's going to retire, though, when he's like 28. Ah, crap. <laughs> I don't know. Gronk said the same thing. He, he's, Did he? Yeah, he's never spent a dime of any of his football money. But, I mean, Gronk was in, you know, like Chili's commercials That's from day true. one. I, yeah. I guess Alvin picked up steam as he went along the way. I don't know how much of a luxury that is for no-name players. Yeah, I don't they, know if Dwayne I mean, Washington is able to live off of his sponsorship. <laughs> no, no I, I think most of these guys do. His commercial with, you know, Ronnie Lamarck or whatever. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, remember Lance Moore used to sponsor the park and fly at the airport? I was oh, like, yeah. This is some this is the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. <laughs> that was a very uh, Ricky Bobby style exactly. sponsorship. It was like, man, they called the Saints. They're like, we just need somebody who's willing to take five grand. <laughs> like, I mean, 
I'd take it too. I always like seeing stuff like the official ice of the Saints. <laughs> Dude, crazy cubes? I feel like you gotta buy crazy cubes. Official ice of the Saints. You think the Saints get in trouble if they buy other ice? They're like, hey, Definitely. motherfucker, it's supposed to be Ice King. <laughs> That's chopped up way too fine. Pour uh, out that Sonic ice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Camara. I thought that was a uh, a good example, as well as uh, it made me a little nervous to be like, this guy is going to walk away from football earlier than we think. Uh, maybe he's just of a newer, smarter generation. God willing. He did open a juice bar as well downtown. Oh, yeah. He's been to the big squeezy. There'll be a sponsor soon, I'm sure. <sighs> Mama Mia, what a name. <laughs> There's the big cheesy and the big squeezy. Big squeezy. I went to that in East New Orleans. I think it was an exotic, <laughs> something exotic. That's what they called me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the very last bit of uh, of Saints news on a very slow Saints week, uh, the Superdome, which is going uh, undergoing a $450 million renovation. Uh, surprise, surprise. They're saying it's going to be a little delayed. It's not going to get done in the timeline they hoped. Uh, the money is not coming through from the state as easily as they thought due to COVID reasons. So I don't know how long this renovation is going to go on. Does anyone care? I don't. Yeah. Maybe the, you know, the elite. Even then. <laughs> the people going to the Superdome do. Like, unless when I you... go to the Superdome, it's still like a Lions preseason game <laughs> for $12. <laughs> I sneak in my own hot dog. I don't care about these things getting delayed. Yeah. I do hope it's, you know, is it because I got my unemployment insurance? Definitely. Is that why? Yes. Well, I'm part of the problem. You're definitely part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> There's just, I don't, um, I don't know exactly when it's going to finish, but it will finish. I think the whole point of it was in order to continue to get Super Bowls, Final Fours, things of that nature. It was very important for them to upgrade it. They didn't have too much of a problem doing that uh, very recently. I know, but, but $450 million is like a lot of money for renovating a facility that is already totally fine. Pretty pretty renovated, I would think. Yeah, and it, like it's fine. You don't go to the Dome and be like, God, this thing needs a makeover in the worst way. Like, well, I just don't want every stadium to become Cowboys Stadium. That's true, too. I don't want to go see a football game in like a space colony. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's, that's why I go to UNL. <laughs> it's a nice grip back to reality. Uh, all right. So that'll I take... think we've squeezed all the juice out of that I lemon. Know. Good Lord. Uh, why don't we just roll into Polk News? Sounds good. Um, this is a job that I want. This is the job I was born for. The MLB is hiring stadium food taste testers. Ooh. Ooh. For everything? Y- yeah. Go into the stadiums, trying the menus, oh, feedback, etc. Of course, it's hot dogs. It's mostly hot dogs. It's a, yeah, you have to be able to handle your encased meats. Is it like one per team or like there's one guy for the whole league who just travels around and eats the nacho helmet? Well, here's the story. There's one company that is offering to pay someone to find out which stadiums hot dogs at home run. So it's hot dogs only. MLB professional food tester. It's for uh, a casino is doing this. Oh, so it's not like an actual. It's like a promotion. The headline misled me. I've been watching the <laughs> QAnon documentary too much. The winner will they're be given $500. The <laughs> they're going to fly this 
man. It's going to be a man. Oh, no. It's going to be a man. It'll be someone who's very diverse. <laughs> They're going to fly this straight, fat man. <laughs> That's how it's going to be. I'm sorry. I guarantee the man applying for the casino's job of hot dog eater. It's going to be a straight man. <laughs> That'd be so great if they got canceled for picking a straight man. It's like, we're picking a hot dog taster. I mean, I guess Kobayashi could be a diversity (laughs) hire. But the guy guy has to uh, comment on the appearance, color, flavor, complexity, and quality of meat, the bun quality, the flavor, sauce, if any, and topping generosity and value for money. So blog about hot dogs, that's the job. I mean, I feel like you could probably just compile this info from Yelp in a day or two. (laughs) People that eat hot dogs and have opinions on them other than good or bad, those people leave reviews online. (laughs) Was it food? Did it kill you? No, that's a hot dog. (laughs) It's it's like reviewing macaroni and cheese. This is pretty much 98% is the same. I I do think the Dodger dog is probably the best stadium hot dog I've had. It is good. I like the garlic fries as well. I wish places would copy that. Yeah. I don't understand why it's difficult. Because you go to some of these places and they're bad. The, the hot dog in the Super Room is legitimately not good. Yeah. And you're like, this is an $8 hot dog. And it, how did you make this bad? I had it at a Texans game and it was very watery. I guess I can describe hot dogs. There we go. I think we've got a new job for you, Paul. <laughs> Casing seemed loose. <laughs> it had nodes of pigeon and raccoon. Tasted some woodpecker beak. You know, <laughs> we said that there was no more Saints news. I beg to differ. Um, Oscar winner Kevin James is going to be playing Sean Payton in a Netflix <laughs> movie based on the 2012 season where Sean Payton, of course, was suspended and then coached his child's football team. So it's going to be like a Kevin James movie, not like a... I have read everything I could on this, and it does not allude to it being funny. Has what? he ever been in anything that's not? I mean, well, <laughs> there are things he's been in that aren't funny. But is there anything he's been in that's like a serious role? Um, call me by your name. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, One person listening laughed at that. Paul Blart Four was <laughs> took a very dark turn. <laughs> No, I don't think Kevin James has been in anything serious. I didn't see that movie where he was an MMA fighter, but I, I don't think that had... I don't think anybody else did You either. know, the farting fighter or whatever it was. <laughs> I hope, my only hope for this, and several people sent us this story. Thank you for doing that. Uh, my only hope is that Rob Schneider has a cameo as oh, the you can do it guy. No doubt. Whether I hope it is a very serious drama. I hope it's Friday Night Lights. <laughs> I hope it's Coach Carter. I hope it's Remember the Titans. And then I hope that Rob Schneider just hops out in his hillbilly suit going, you can do it. You can do it, Joe Montana. Uh, I need to call my buddy uh, Chris Catan and see if he has any insight info sure on he's it. going to be in there. Dude, I just don't get why you do this movie. If you're going to make a movie about Sean Payton, it feels like there's a lot more. I get maybe if you're making it like the Big Green, or you're making it like a kids' sports movie, yeah. where it's like, you know, I don't know the guy. It just seems like it's gonna suck. It I, would I be. I, I hope it's wrong. funny 
Cause it would be very funny if it was a comedy, because normally they don't do biopics as comedies. No. It would be very funny if, you know, he's just a fat, goofy Kevin James who additionally is, like, coaching and screaming at the kids and yes. stuff like that. I don't know. They need to do, like, a Bobby Knight movie for kids. <laughs> Bobby Knight should be the coach in Space Jam. Isn't that what, like, <laughs> uh, Ron Swanson did? That was, like, a full episode of just him being Bobby Knight. Yeah, right? I remember yeah. him throwing the chair on the... Yeah. So, I and that was very funny. Uh, I, I have a feeling Sean Payton could not have been pleased being depicted by Kevin James. I mean, maybe it's going to be like a Christian Bell transformation. <laughs> but not going to eat for... Uh, he's played the exact same character in like 16 different things. I mean, the person who should play Sean Payton, it should be Will Ferrell as George W. Bush <laughs> playing <laughs> Sean Payton. Sean Payton, yes. That seems to make the most sense. <laughs> that would that sounds uh, pretty accurate. But you know, Sean, he probably wants like Ryan Reynolds to play. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> remember that was CrossFit, Sean. Remember he the way he got suspended that season to CrossFit. He oh, came yeah. back he was in great shape, and now he just looks. He got married. Now he looks like a house, like all of us. <laughs> he's got he's got the big gut and everything. It's like, oh yeah, welcome welcome back to town. You are just you're one of us, one of us, one of us. Big fat guy. You watch the Masters this weekend, huh? I watch so much golf. Hideki Matsuyama. Congratulations. Did you see that picture of him? He was flying back to Japan, and he was on a 6.45 a.m. flight from Chicago, and he was just on his phone and had the green jacket thrown over the chair behind him. <laughs> Did you see that? No. He was completely by himself. And somebody took a picture and was like, hey, the guy that just won the Masters is like, Playing a Nintendo Switch, waiting on his flight. <laughs> they said during that rain delay, like everybody else was like in the clubhouse, whatever, talking and eating, and he was just sitting in his car playing video games by himself that on his rules. phone. And he came out and kicked everyone's ass. He's so. one of us. Yeah. Speaking of one of us, he is one of us. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to talk to anybody here. Bill Simmons got mad at Jim Nance, saying that he thought Jim Nance subdued his like call of the Masters because he was worried about getting canceled. Well, I didn't even hear the call. I guess it, it was, was just like Japan has its first master. Okay, which is correct. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Jim, I guess he does a lot of Jim Nance is a little more. And... Yeah. Well, Bill Simmons was like, you know, I think he could have done like "It's the Heat of the Moment," a song by a band called Asia. You remember that song, Holy "Heat of the Moment"? Shit, that is the lamest thing I've ever. It's heard. like that song. I think is from like '86. Yeah, they Who don't even would think that was. They don't um, even play that song on fucking Bayou 95.7. <laughs> Bayou 95.7 plays three songs. It's the live version of that Cheap Trick song and then two other <laughs> shits. And they don't even play Heat of the Moment. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a lot of foreigner on Bayou 95.7. <laughs> Which is ironic because Walton and Johnson are also on there. Head games. <laughs> um, I mean, come on. What's he going to do? Like, He's going to do an Asian pun. Any Asian pun is going to be racist. Yeah. <laughs> he dropped it in like Nagasaki in 44. <laughs> like, what is now? Like, what's he supposed to what is he supposed to say? Like, it was not in a particularly climactic moment either. Like, everyone knew he was going to win for basically the whole day. And then yeah. definitely the last half hour or so. So it's not as if it was like some huge. It was not call. a wildly exciting last day either. I mean, no. he didn't have a he, fantastic last day. He's also not like a golfer anyone cares about. Yeah. With the exception of, you know, people in Japan. Like, I think he's a great golfer, but he's not someone who like. 
if Jordan Spieth had won, there's like a big storyline. Right. There is no storyline other than that he's Japanese. He's a, yeah, he's a good golfer. He won. <laughs> yeah. Not that many people care. I don't think people don't care specifically because he's Japanese. No, they, they just don't. I, I think people start to like him now. Sure. I also think like if anybody else, like there's almost anybody else in that leaderboard had won, he also would have had not much to say. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, Bill Simmons. Douchebag. Douchebag. Speaking of, Mark Cuban. No, I go back and forth on Mark. I like Mark. I like Mark. Yeah. He uh, says that the NBA play-in tournament is an enormous mistake. Surprise. Is that because the Mavs aren't doing too hot? It's because they're in exactly seventh place. Oh, I see. And so all of a sudden now, keep in mind, they voted for this playoff tournament unanimously. The mm-hmm. owners voted for it. Okay. And these are the kind of guys that read a contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would think someone read the contract. He knew exactly who was signing. And then when it turned out that his team is going to be the one that gets screwed and has to play in this thing in the first round, even though they're the pretty clear seventh seed, they're going to have to play Zion in a one-game, basically, playoff. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's too pleased about it. Luca had said something that he didn't really understand, it, which it does not make any sense. You shouldn't play a 72-game season and then expand the playoffs. It doesn't, like... I agree with that. Logically, it doesn't make any sense. They're just doing it for the sake of adding intrigue to the season. I did see that video of Kendrick Perkins telling Luca to like stop bitching about the play in tournament. The most shocking part of that video is that Kendrick Perkins looks like he got stung by a bunch of bees. <laughs> Kendrick Perkins told someone to stop bitching. Yeah. Really? <laughs> he was like, you're stealing my shtick. <laughs> He's like, I just bitch about everything. Dude. Yeah, man. Former I mean, Pelican. I, oh God, he was terrible. <laughs> But, I mean, Mark Cuban is probably just standing up for his play or whatever. But come on, man. Like, if you were if you were fifth, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't think it was stupid. Certainly, if you were in the Pelicans position, Correct. you would not think it was stupid. Uh, the fact is, you are the team that is going to get screwed by this the most. And, therefore, you now think it is a bad idea. And It's all circumstantial. How, three, four players on the Mavs now are all Mr. Glass. Like, yeah. they just shatter immediately and... It, I think his overarching point was that because of this, you're having to play more guys. Like, the game's already condensed. You're having to play more guys, more minutes, all those types of things because you're trying to, you know, get in the playoffs. I was like, well, all you're doing then is adding stakes, which seems like a right. good thing for the league, even if your guys are getting hurt. That doesn't well, – I don't know. He doesn't care about the league. He doesn't. He just wants to, you know. They're going to play five playoff games instead of four. <laughs> There's, they're not going to the second round, I promise you. Probably not. No. But we are going to the third quarter. Segments! Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated and underrated. Um, if you have like some that you want us to judge, email them over, polkandkush at gmail.com. Send us some topics. We'll uh, extrapolate on them. That'd be fun, right? Yeah, we'll expand. It would, sa- it would save us from doing <laughs> have to think for a five few minutes. moments of, you know, <laughs> do I like that or not? And then you write it down. <laughs> that one part of the week where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just, I don't like that overrated. Right at my phone. <laughs> Start us off, buddy. Overrated. The mall. Are you talking mini malls or the mall mall? What, what kind of question is that? You mean the mall mall? <laughs> What's a mini mall? Like the strip malls. Oh, that's a shopping center where okay. I come from. Okay. Uh, mall mall. Okay. I went to, I, this is all because I went to the Lakeside Mall on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was World War Z. <laughs> they were spilling out of the rooftops. Do I I guess I haven't been around like kids. I haven't been around kids or old people yeah. in years. Because I, li- I lived in L.A., and they don't allow either of those there for four <laughs> years. And then I lived here for a while and just went to, like, bars. Yeah. The children are scaring me. Oh, yeah. They all look like Lonzo. Yeah. <laughs> every, every boy I saw there from age 5 to 21 was a ball brother. <laughs> The mall sucks because the mall is for dumb people. Like at this point, everyone who has graduated beyond sixth grade, they just buy stuff online. Mm -hmm. The mall is for people that don't, that can't like read their phone. (laughs) They can't, they don't, they don't have a debit card to buy something on. The mall is for criminals. (laughs) These are sweeping accusations about mall users. (laughs) We we went. Are pretty... you, why aren't you buying stuff online? People yeah. were standing in line to go to Hot Topic. There were ten people in line <laughs> to go to Hot Topic. Yeah, that's it's legitimately insane. <laughs> I went to buy shoes. Huge mistake. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? I went to. to Ju- I went to. Ju- I was thinking of. Yeah, I need a new <laughs> Rick and Morty beanie. No, I wanted. I just wanted Chuck Taylors. They call them something else now. They're like. There's like a new hip name for him. Okay. I call him Chuck Taylors. Sure. I went to Journeys and got him. Okay. They're like, here you go, you old fucker. <laughs> you old bag of shit. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm not buying moon shoes or whatever the kids buy. Balenciaga's like a, you know, a Fisher Price toy. I, I go, felt out of place and old. I think that's why I'm upset with it. I like to go early before the mall opens with my kids when the weather and sucks. And walk around. And with all the mall walkers. <laughs> and just, it's, a, it's like one of the only indoor areas for kids to play because, you know, the city doesn't have any infrastructure for children. So if there's like, you can't go to a park. Uh, you basically are stuck inside, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the entire summer here. And so you end up just uh, going to the mall and just letting them run up and down same with like christmas time they've got the trees and the train and you just kind of let them run but the idea of being like the idea of standing in line to buy a shirt yeah is just i i i feel like i would lose my patience in nine seconds and then you get in there and you can't try anything on because all the dressing rooms are closed so are it's like really? yeah no, that's, yes. i was what? able to try my shoes on like journeys was a free-for-all journeys <laughs> Journeys was the Lafayette of the mall. <laughs> they didn't give a fuck. They were like, yeah, f- come in. We don't care. COVID doesn't there were 700 people. In, yeah, yeah, everyone's tried those shoes on. Put your filthy foot in. We're good. You want to cough in it? Yeah. <laughs> you think they're spraying the shoes down? And of course oh, not. Definitely. The shoelaces, they're switching those out all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, the mall. I, I, I enjoy aspects of the mall. I really wish there was no people there. Yeah. I mean, if you <laughs> go there, are, if you go to the Clearview Mall, yeah, which I originally went to, there was no one there, and also no, there was one. The Bath and Body Works was open. <laughs> That's it. It seemed like a thing in like a horror movie where everything's closed <laughs> and dark, and then there's like a welcoming, bright. Like if I went in there, I think a witch would have caught me. <laughs> Just CeeLo <laughs> was blasting from the one place open. Uh, if you ever want to be depressed in a mall, the Esplanade Mall in Kenner is legit like like if the world had ended and they just 
didn't kill any of the infrastructure. It was like, oh, yeah, well, here's the mall. <laughs> like, when Mount Vesuvius went over Pompeii <laughs> and it left everything, like, that is what Lakeside Mall is like. This was the 90s, but nothing's here anymore. It kind it's like of preserved in time. There's no stores. There's a giant parking lot with zero cars. I don't even know who's operating it. Like, there's nothing there. It's the strangest place in the world. It's It reminds me, because there's the Target. The very bustling Target is connected to it. To Esplanade, right? Yeah. No. Clearview for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a Target. I'm talking about the one in Kenner specifically. Yeah, yeah. It's like in The Lion King, how there's like the pride lands, everything's great, the lights are on, there's birds and people, and then there's the elephant graveyard yeah, next door. Yeah, where the hyenas are. That's, you know, there's like a GameStop or whatever. <laughs> there's just That's nothing, the Kenner Mall. There's nothing there. I was like, how are they paying the air conditioning bill? I don't understand anything that's going on. But it is Olive Garden adjacent, so you got that going well, for you. Well, there you go. Um, all right, that'll take me to my overrated uh, dishes, like real dishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, why aren't we just using paper plates? I was at my brother's wonderful home in Houston, beautiful house, and he's been using paper plates more often. And I was like, this is genius. You just throw them out. You don't have to do the dishes. You don't. I, we have, there's kids everywhere, these plastic plates. You got us with these heavy dishes, and then you got to wash them, and then you got to take them out of the thing, and then you're going, all right, well, why don't we use paper plates? Like, well, it's because it's bad for the environment, right? It's like, is it any worse for the environment than sticking it in a machine that has to run for five hours and takes like 65 gallons of water? That's healthier than if we were to get paper, which is, I guess, if we did it right, it'd be technically recyclable. So why don't we have recyclable paper plates? I think we could change the whole world on that. I th- well, I think uh, I don't think paper's bad. Pa- paper was a big thing when we were kids. They're like, yeah, there's no more rainforest. There's no more trees. Yeah, I think paper's back. We're, uh, just waste it, burn it. <laughs> I feel like paper's back. I mean, the last Plastic's year, plastic's the problem, right? The last year, we've thrown away. This mask are the only thing that literally every person in the world had last year. Every single person. That's true. That's a lot of waste. Yeah. I think paper is not even on the radar anymore. So let's just switch paper plates. I don't. They do have bamboo plates, which are uh, biodegradable. Can you throw them out? Mm hmm. I was going to the zoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, um, they also make you use ridiculous in, like uh, utensils at the zoo. Yeah, because I guess people are you know jabbing them the baboons <laughs> with their spork. I just uh, unless you're eating like a legitimately good meal, like I'm flopping a bagel onto a real dish, and I'm going, <laughs> I don't need this. I gotta wash this thing, and then I gotta take it out, and I gotta put it, I gotta dry it, and put it back in. The, like, let's just have. Oh, like, you're one of those types. Let's set a standard for what constitutes a dish a steak and then something that constitutes a paper plate a bagel and we should have a tiered system rather than having to use a dish every single time that is my adult rant for the day i would like to disagree with the washing machine my ex-girlfriend would say she'd done the dishes and my response was you didn't do the dishes (laughs) the machine did the dishes you put you move the plates one foot 
And then a machine did all the work. <laughs> She's true. like, I had to. You didn't do Dude, the machine. Anything, Technology yes. did something. Yes. You turned the button on. You had a 45-second isometric exercise. Yeah. It's like doing laundry. It's like, oh, I did the laundry. I was like, no, no, no. Doing the laundry is folding the clothes. That's the hard part of doing the laundry. Everything oh, I was thinking like scrub easier. board. No, no, God, no, no one's doing that. No I've been watching Little House on the Prairie recently. <laughs> That's why on Monday, Pokey eats beans. <laughs> <laughs> got to do the laundry. Uh, what you got for underrated? What do I have? Oh, uh, non-digital jukebox. Mm. This means a jukebox that is curated by the bar with records and CDs. Okay. Are they still have those? I have not they seen do. them in so long. You haven't been to Brothers 3 recently? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Ever, what is Brothers 3 doing at like an 11 o'clock closing time? Well, it's up to one now. Okay. So Brothers is... Still, that's way too early for Brothers 3. I'm sure. They they don't even have a door at Brothers. You think they're <laughs> turning it's away service? a bunch of mice on cocaine. Like, that's that entire bar. Well, I the I went to a bar on Saturday, digital jukebox. Everyone has the app. Yeah, it is chaos because you're not using real money. You're on your phone. Mm-hmm. It's a free thing basically, and you just play it. You know, so it's going from like the weekend to nitty gritty dirt band yeah. to Mac Miller back to Garth Brook. It's horrible. Yeah, there's no vibe. If the bar can curate the jukebox, the Saint has a great fucking jukebox. They're, yeah, they're hanging on. Curate the jukebox so every bar doesn't become every bar. You want to listen to metal, you go to wherever. You want to listen to punk, you go to the punk bar. I don't like the digital jukebox because also you get jokesters chiming in there. You get people playing the Macarena and shit. <laughs> Crazy uh, frog. I, <laughs> I used to go to the one at Henry's a lot uh, on magazine, which was awesome. I loved the jukebox there. But, they, yeah, they got rid of it. Uh, I used to play the spinners all the time at Henry's. Mm. Yeah, man. It is. Uh, there. Then uh, your mama's across the street yeah. from Pato's used to have a great jukebox. Yeah, man. I used to put a lot of money in jukeboxes. But now, yeah, that, there's a, the skip option on the digital jukebox, too. Not wild that, about uh, it. That's like it's the cheat, man. Like you're gonna you're gonna spend a dollar to skip my songs, bro. I this is I went to Parlays my last night in Lakeview, and I tweeted from the Polk and Kush account that they were skipping my songs. Yeah, because they were. Yeah. <laughs> Who's they? <laughs> the bartenders of okay, Parlays. Sure. And then they they found I guess they were just you know looking up Parlays or whatever on Twitter, and they responded with like, "We didn't we don't remember doing that, but it's the bartenders' right." It's like, oh, you you won that in Roe versus Dave and Buster's. <laughs> that's, that's your the, right. That's the, what does that even mean? <laughs> You're right. They had a little shitty sign next to the jukebox that was like, bartender can skip anything. Uh, yeah, because I can't imagine, you know, the, some ass bag is playing the Adam Sandler album. <laughs> you know, one to whatever. Well, the, the nice bartender that tweeted at me, she was like, last week somebody played the Tarzan soundtrack. It was like, as opposed to what? The fucking Cupid Shuffle? <laughs> What is off limits <laughs> yeah, at Parlays? Exactly. I was like, would you ruin the vibe of Parlays by playing Phil Collins? Yeah, I really, I don't want to ruin the vibe of sitting in an empty auto zone, <laughs> drinking at a picnic table. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been.
been to a, a bar that felt more like somebody had a big garage and their parents were out of town. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of those in New Orleans, though. They're just like, you guys didn't try at all. <laughs> you guys just built a bar. You're like, well, we'll just serve bottled beer. Uh, so that takes me into my underrated, uh, also a bar related, uh, the beer bucket. So the beer bucket, which comes with, you know, like uh, five or six domestic light bottles usually, uh, is really the perfect delivery system for drinking for a prolonged period of time at a bar. Number one, you don't have to wait for the. We've already just talked about how we both prefer bottled beer to draft beer. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wait for the bartender who's probably busy. Yep. You don't have to wait. You've got six beers. You know that they're going to be cold when they get to you. You don't have to worry about the refrigeration system. And then it just looks cool, man. Like we had like uh, I went to a bar out in the lakefront and sat there with a couple buddies and we probably went through like 35 Bud Lights and we just sat there <laughs> and they never took them off the table. And so we just had a table full of Bud Lights, you know, like you were playing uh, quarters in college or something where you have like a thousand beers on the table. And it was awesome. And I was like, man, the 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 bucket system is an underrated quality. People think of pitchers, but the bucket bucket is a uh, a great use. Now, I don't know why they do five beers in a bucket. People are very rarely coming in in groups of five. Maybe it's <laughs> intentional that if there's two people, they're like, well, they're going to have an extra one that'll prompt them to get a, another bucket That's to good get thinking. to an even number. Am I wrong on that? I don't think so. It's a marketing I think you've strategy. Cracked the, it's, you know, like... The father of the bride argument where there's six hot dogs and eight buns. Exactly. So you got to order 48 of these things. Yeah. To get to <laughs> yeah. So it's like there's five beers, which is kind of weird. But then when you order like six buckets, you kind of forget at, uh, that there was an odd number to begin with. But yeah, man, it was just it's such a the lakefront on its own is a little underrated. There's like uh felix is out there there's blue crab there's jb's bunch of guys with neon motorcycles there was a guy who called himself the rick the pirate and he had exactly one quadrant of teeth in his mouth nice and he kept going arr, arr. <laughs> <laughs> he just sitting there by himself uh no, he came over to our table oh. and said hello <laughs> gave one guy a hug he was pretty cool <laughs> Like Rick the pirate, huh? His parrot also said hello. <laughs> he had, had he probably had a lot of stories. <laughs> we did not ask him any questions. <laughs> he just talked at us. Oh man! Like, All right, old man, please leave us alone. Love it. All right, that takes us into my favorite part of every single week, ladies and gentlemen. The worst. The worst. The worst is the worst thing I saw or read this week. I have a light-hearted one to kick us off. Yeah? Fukushima. Oh, boy. <laughs> Japan announces it will dump contaminated water into the sea. They're going to feel the heat of the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Japan is, has announced it will release more than one million tons of contaminated water from wrecked Fukushima <laughs> nuclear power plant into the sea. A decision that has angered neighboring countries and local fishers. Good Lord. Official confirmation of the move came more than a decade after the nuclear disaster will deal a further blow to the fishing industry in Fukushima, 
which has opposed the measure for years. Boy, I wonder why. I feel like this has happened several times. They're claiming that uh, it's been filtered and is okay. You know what they say about they? It's <laughs> like, uh, what? Yeah, they is me. the Tokyo Electric Power. <laughs> Tritium, a radioactive material that is not harmful in small amounts. You know it's not a small amount? One million tons. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, like, what are you talking about? I mean, I know the water is big, but God, how stupid was that sentence? Well, it says that the tritium cannot be removed from the water. It cannot be filtered out. But other radionuclides can be reduced to levels allowed for release. This is the end. This is the end for us. This is the end. I just don't understand that's not considered a bigger crisis. Where's the water now? Why can't it stay there? Do they like just have a big tank? We should learn more about science. <laughs> where, where is the one million tons of radioactive water just chilling? Uh, yeah, like, what are they doing with that? China's not. China's real cheesed off about the whole deal. <laughs> that's a quote. That's a quote. For <laughs> <It's> a surprise. <laughs> this, this, you know, say what you will about China. I'm going to side with China on this one. <laughs> Seems easier. <laughs> Yeah, they're just saying that it's fine and uh, they're going to release it. So what is the. So what's the bottom line with these people right now? They're uh, tight lit. They're just saying that it's fine. They're, they're, that can't be fine. They're just saying that it's fine and that the whatever I said it was peptides. That's not correct. <laughs> <laughs> the tritium. They're yeah. saying that that stuff at small levels is fine. That's ridiculous. But it's like, you know, no. your microwave has radiation coming out of it at a very small level. Yeah. But there's not 10 million microwaves in the sea that are on. The <laughs> <laughs> microwave was in your pants. Yeah. In your, yeah. It's <laughs> on the popcorn setting and it's in the sea. Uh, anything else? This, de- this decision is in front of the uh, Olympic Games in Tokyo. <laughs> being postponed (laughs) that can't be good like let's bring okay after we dump the hundred million tons of radioactive water into the sea let's bring all the world's healthiest people over here (laughs) (laughs) have them give it a whirl sure they're just saying the water in the tanks has been treated and that it is contaminated with radioactivity but it's fine and then tomorrow like (laughs) Tomorrow, like Stephen Colbert is going to like do the Dougie with Logan Paul, and that'll be the top news story. I was going to say, no one cares about this. No one cares about this. You're getting more hard news on Polk and Kush (laughs) (laughs) about Fukushima. Yeah, tomorrow Ellen is going to do the worm with, you know, (laughs) Michelle Obama, and that'll be the biggest story for the next two days. Uh, All right, I have one here. Uh, I'm going to try to, uh, this isn't the original story, so it doesn't exactly get to it, but it's, it's from, uh, NOLA.com, our very good friend, Ramon Antonio Vargas, who really just discovers some absolute gems. Uh, a third suspect has been linked to a strange ransom plot involving a threat to turn an Alabama Confederate monument into a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) And he was jailed in New Orleans over the weekend. 
Investigators booked Stanley Pate on account of possessing stolen property. They've already arrested two other guys uh, for the same thing for the recovery of the Jefferson Davis Memorial Chair in the Upper Ninth Ward. It was a chair, at least. <laughs> chair. I guess they stole Jefferson Davis's chair. I don't really understand what's going on. <laughs> Thieves stole the ornately carved 500-pound stone relic from a cemetery in Selma, Alabama. Its value is estimated at half a million dollars. Good Lord. The chair was stolen on March 19th. A group calling itself White Lies Matter. Get it? Get it? White Lies Matter threatened to use it as a toilet if its owners, the Daughters of the Confederacy, did not hang a certain banner outside their headquarters in Richmond, Virginia, by the 156th anniversary of the surrendering of the Civil War. The banner included a quote from a Black Liberation Army activist, the rulers of this country have always considered their property more important than our lives. What have you solved by turning this guy's chair into a toilet? It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a $5,000 reward for the chair. But it's worth $5 million. <laughs> So again, million. <laughs> they're cheating the man. The system is once again cheating the man. Well, Give him half a million to return it. How did it end up here? News of reward. I mean... I thought you meant that when you just read the headline, I thought it was people that were big fans and they stole it and they were just going to like put it in their house and drill a hole in it and turn it into a toilet. <laughs> a toilet. I didn't know it was a performative piece. No, this seems to be a performative piece. Uh, it's being held inside of a storage room at... Surprise, surprise. Blaine Kern's Monte Gras World? <laughs> a Faubourg Marini tattoo shop. Oh. Oh, fuck. I probably know which one. <laughs> There's video surveillance showing several people moving the hulking chair out of their shop and into the back of a rental van. I mean, this is unbelievable, man. Like, they, their attorneys are saying it's a mistake and they were completely innocent. They have the video of them taking this chair and putting it into the tattoo shop. Yeah, but half a million dollars. All chair. the statues got torn down. No one's doing anything with it. I, I, I'm so confused. Let him have the chair. This is the craziest story. This doesn't even make sense. Why do these. Why would you take your like put your self at risk to this level and get arrested over stealing a chair that no one gives a shit about. I'm going to go back to my original answer of it's funny. <laughs> you never got wasted and stole a street sign. <laughs> yeah, this is like, this, like the street <laughs> sign was made of solid gold. And then instead of trying to sell in the black market and make money off of it, uh, instead you're just saying that you want an apology for I wonder people how who heavy did the not chair, fight the Civil War. The chair's got to be pretty heavy, That's, I would think. Ramon describes it as hulking. Uh, classic Ramon. <laughs> must be heavy. Jefferson, they're holding a chair ransom. It's uh, a chair. Look, it's not a person. If you've Who's got paying for to get it back? Yeah, where's that half million come from? That's our tax dollars paying to get this shit chair, but this shit covered <laughs> statue. Five hundred thousand dollar chair. 
There's a there's a crater in front of my house that will never be filled, but whoever returns the fucking statue that's illegal now is going to get half a million dollars. Oh, the president of the Confederacy, dude. I, I just people I think get carried away in their own bullshit sometimes, man. I've listened to this podcast before. <laughs> it's just, it's just nothing about. Maybe I'm just an old, tired man. The whole concept. <laughs> to make your back hurt thinking yeah, about stealing a the statue. The whole concept of like every piece of this is like, why? Don't you guys have a television and a bar in your house? Like, just do that. Go get a vape pen. <laughs> have sex with someone. Like the, anything. Ha- have is, sex with somebody on the on, on the, the chair. chair. Just do anything besides this. This sounds exhausting. And you're not going to fix white supremacy by doing this. You haven't solved a damn thing. Well. But I do like the name White Lies Matter. That's really that's clever. There we go. All right. New Wrap- name for the podcast. <laughs> Wrap us up, Polk. All right, everybody. As you know, Polk and Kush is sponsored by Jansen Batagna. He's a realtor over at French Quarter Realty and one of our favorites. And... Ale on Oak Street. Head over there this weekend. Beautiful, spacious patio. Lots of beers on tap. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Twitter at Polk and Kush. Follow us. Subscribe on whatever platform. We're on Stitcher now. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Google. We're on Amazon. You can ask Siri or Alexa to play us. Uh, Every little bit helps. So tell a friend. It sincerely does make a difference. And so does leaving a review. Reviews help us out a lot, and it would mean a lot to me and Scott personally. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. As always, I'm Andrew Polk. That's Scott Kushner. We'll see you next week. See ya!